this morning. Thanks, Pastor Harry. It's, Pastor Darrell, look at you come and you just give it up for Pastor Darrell. He walks in the power of God. Whoa. He makes the, the muted speak again. That's great. It's great. Wow, what a, what a pleasure it is to be here this morning. I'm, I'm giving you an, inf, an infomercial today about God. It's not about Ascension Convention by itself. We'll make reference to it, of course. But this is an infomercial about God. Uh, and he told me it was okay to do it. It was all right to do it. It's a red letter day. Let's look at the Bible and let's look at some letters in the red. Would you please? We're looking, first of all, in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, and verse 12 and verse 37. In a moment, we're going to begin with a story about a 10-year-old. And hopefully, at the conclusion of our time together, we're going to conclude with another story about a different 10-year-old. One is here, and one would be in the great country of Japan. Two different individuals, both impacted by Jesus Christ at the age of 10. That's really why we have our Awana program here, and why we have our children's program, and why we have our activities with our clubs and our nurseries and we have our youth. It's really about not just today. We live not only today, but we live and we give out for tomorrow. I'm so grateful for God in my life, but I'm even more grateful that you and I can give God to other people's lives and that we give beyond ourselves. Our thought this morning, of course, is right over here. Look at to my left and your right, the cross. It's really all about the cross, isn't it? That's the common denominator who brings us here, what brings us here. It's the cross, isn't it? Strange item, isn't it? Strange item, just a, a wooden cross. And in fact, the cross that we're referring to wasn't certainly as nice as this one. Uh, there's no blood on this one. There's no spilt water on this one. But it's all about the cross, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking today about that uh, giving adds up. That, that when you do give, when you give, when I give, giving adds up. We're going to be talking about the cross being our cause. And when we give, as he gave, our giving adds up. John 17, verse 12, And the Roman cohort and the commander and the officers, they arrested Jesus and bound him. Can you imagine? Jesus allowed himself to be arrested. He was arrested by the Roman cohort and the commander, and they bound him. He is now standing in verse 37 in front of Pilate, who is the visible image of the greatest powerful natural man in the world, who is the emperor of Rome. And Pilate is his stand-in, so to speak. Just like you and I are the stand-in right now for Jesus Christ. 
the most powerful potentate in the history of the universe. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he allows you and I right now on July, on April the 6th, to be his stand-in in the world. Here's what we read there, the letters in red. And Pilate, therefore, said to Jesus, So, you, you, you are a king? And Jesus said, You say correctly that I'm a king. For this cause I've been born. And for this cause I have come into the world to bear witness with the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Then, of course, if you go to the book of Acts, chapter 20, and verse 38, you see another verse, another red-letter word of Jesus in the red in the book of Acts. And the verse there in verse 38, these red-letter words of Jesus aren't even found. You can't find them in Matthew, you can't find them in Mark, you can't find them in Luke, you can't find them in John. These few words are only found in the book of Luke, in the book of, of Acts. And here's what it says. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. More blessed to give than it is to receive. Cecil B. DeMille, who of course is well known of all the things that he accomplished in his life, he's well known for, of course, the great movie called what? The Ten Commandments. Wow, you follow the cues real well. The Ten Commandments. Now, of course, there is a plethora of movies out there today. This, this is a cyclical moment. In the United States, faith is very entrepreneurial in the United States. People realize about every 10 years, hey, Hollywood realizes it can make some money on faith. Well, it doesn't bother me a bit because I think if Jesus watched all the movies that were out about him now, I think personally he would just kind of give a little, just a little faint smile. Because he really knows the true storyline, doesn't he? He is the real true storyline. And I, 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 here's Cecil B. DeMille, who really started this great, this great thing. And it was a great and still remains a great movie. In fact, the Ten Commandments will play sometime during the Holy Week. You'll be able to watch the Ten Commandments. He was being interviewed much later in life. And by this reporter, he said, now, uh, Mr. DeMille, you've gotten so many uh, uh, accolades. You've got so many awards. You've got so many presentations. You have had so many accomplishments in your life. What is the most of everything that you received, of all the things that you've done and all the awards that you've, you've accomplished, what, what is the most significant that you have received? He said, well, I don't even have to pause to think about it. He said, the most significant moment in my life took place during Holy Week. We're approaching Holy Week. Pastor Darrell will begin ministering and leading us to that next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And then, of course, toward the end of that week, we have the opportunity of our Easter celebration with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young people from 40 churches gathered all around the Midwest. And we're going to celebrate an ascended Christ. Hallelujah. You see, we don't, we don't celebrate a Christ who died and or a Christ who was buried because other men die and other men are buried, but we serve and celebrate a man who, who lived, who died and was buried, but he ascended. Hallelujah. That's worthy of a clap offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. 
That's why 29 years ago we, we called this weekend the Ascension Convention. Kind of an odd name, really. I actually named it that way because uh, I was taught in homiletics that you, that you can alliterate either by letters, you can alliterate by sound. And I thought, ah, Ascension Convention. Say it with me, would you? Ascension Convention. See how neat it is? It just fits so well. Now, of course, we've contemporized it, and we now call it AC, you know, AC, which is fine. Ascension, we celebrate an ascended Lord. Cecil B. in the middle said, I was 10 years old. My family was having a very difficult time. I wasn't certain about myself. I was somewhat lost as a 10-year-old. Much of America today, outside of Christ, perhaps, so formative, the years of 10. He said it was raining that night. But he said, I wanted to get out of the house and get out of the mayhem and get out of everything. And I, I ran out of the house and I went down the street. It was Sunday night. It was raining outside. And he said, I jumped into a, a, a church. He said, there wasn't hardly anybody there. Oh, the usher was there and a deacon was there, and there was just two other people, and the pastor was there. But he said on that Holy Week, on that night, with just a few people, the pastor got up and said, he said, you know, I know there's not many of us, but he said, I believe God gave me a word. And so that pastor gave that word that night, and he said, I found him that night. He said, that's the most significant moment of my life. And he said, I've often asked myself that question. What if they weren't there that night? What if we weren't here today? What if you weren't there at the moment somebody needed you with our youth and our children on Wednesday night or the nursery or, or whether, whether we have people reaching out to those who are incarcerated and they have no place to go and they need hope. What if you weren't there? What if you weren't there with these motorcycle people? What if you weren't there with all the other activities? What if we weren't there? You see, you never know when you might be able to help generate somebody's significant moment for their life. Next week or two weeks from now, we have three days to have significant moments. Imagine this. We've got young people coming from 40 different churches so far. And this year, for the Ascension Convention, which, of course, is junior high through college and career, but everybody everybody knows if, you, if you've just started attending and you're visiting uh, our, our congregation today, Ascension Convention is everybody's convention. It's a family celebration. It's a phenomenal time. We've got little kids running around like this to big kids like Pastor Fred running around like this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, uh, young adult, adults like Pastor Fred running around like that. A anybody can get a room. We got rooms for $74. Make it a family night. Pile 20 of your family members into one room. I don't care. Just get them all in there. You can never stay at a Hyatt cheaper than that. 74 bucks, it's easy. And parking is only 4 bucks. Now, that's the miracle, parking for $4. But you can come and get together and have a phenomenal time. And you know what? You being there, you volunteering, you helping, you giving yourself will add up to somebody else. Because you see, giving adds up. 
In fact, in the right-hand corner of your bulletin, let's do a little mathematics. Let's, let's, let's write the numbers down, and we'll, we'll come back to it a little bit later, but write the numbers down. Uh, one, right, number one, one, the number one, one, and then underneath it, of course, do it, do it vertically, one plus three, one plus three, and then draw that line. Okay, let's do, our, do the math together. One plus three equals what? Write the number down, what? Four. All right, now... Write that down, because you see, giving adds up. The cross is our cause. And whatever you invest in that's related to the cause of the cross will always add up. Causes. Well, we all are involved with causes. The other day, uh, I was buying some candy and giving some money to our academic dean because his daughter's in school and they're having a, a candy drive. The Girl Scouts every year have what? They, 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 they have what? They have the cookies, yes. And the Kiwanis once a year, they are standing out there and they have the what, Pastor Fred? Peanuts. Peanuts. He used to be a president of one of the local Kiwanis. The Knights of Columbus are out there every year and they, they have what in their hands? Tootsie Rolls, you've got it. The veterans of foreign wars, every year they're out there and they have what? Red poppies. And Ignite, the youth ministry of Christian Life Church, every year about this time, they have what? Spaghetti! Yeah. And meatballs. And if you only knew what was in those meatballs, I have an idea. I saw some of what went in there. Whoa. Oh, all good, of course. Causes. Causes. Every cause has five different components to it. So does the cause of Christ. The cross being our cause. This church is a part of the fulfilling the cause of Christ. Every cause has five components to it. Number one, it has a purpose. The why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we go out there and have cupcakes for sale after service? Why is it that t-shirts are going to be available for $5 afterwards for Ascension? Why? What's the, why do we go out there and give? Why do we have the angel tree at Christmas? Why? Every cause has a purpose, a reason. That cross had a purpose. There was a reason there's that cross. There's a reason that you wear it around your neck. There's a reason why in the country of Albania, if you were in the years of Enver Hoxha, the, the dictator, if you were caught wearing a cross around your neck, you were immediately imprisoned for three years for wearing the cross. Wow. There's a purpose. Every, every cause is then secondly directed and guided and has a personality who, kind of, who is kind of the spokesperson, the poster person of the cause, the personality. Well, every, every Labor Day weekend, wasn't it? There was a guy by the name of Jerry, what was his last name? Jerry Lewis, who was out there raising money for muscular dystrophy. Jerry Lewis, everybody. But the young kids today know anything about Jerry Lewis. He was, the, he was the one. Well, the nice, thing about, the nice thing about Ascension Convention, the one who Ascension Convention celebrates, it's not me, it's not Pastor Darrell, it's the, on, the only one who we celebrate over the Easter weekend is no other one but who? Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. He's the one who's on the stage there. He's the center of it all. Jesus Christ. You see, all of us have an opportunity of being a part of a cause, or many of you start ministries and are a part of ministries, and those ministries often rise and fall because of the person. Thirdly, you've got the participants. What is a cause without some volunteers? You've got to have participants. I mean, you cannot have church without people. Because church is people. Church is community. Church is people getting together, reading together, studying together, praying together, having koinonia together, fellowshipping together, making good meat sauce together. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. You, you, it we're the participants. You cannot have a cause unless you've got people who are willing, according to Jesus, in the Gospel of Luke. We'll come back to that in a few moments. Jesus said, if you want to, if you want to be a part of my life, Luke chapter, we'll, we'll be going to it a little bit later. Jesus said, if you want to be a part of me, then take up your cross. Take up the cause and follow me. Every cause has got a personality who says, hey, Come and be a part of it. Follow me. Do it. Fourthly, every good cause generates passion. Passion. You know what? I think, I think that week of Easter, that Holy Week, is actually called the Passion Week. I think there was somebody by the name of Mel Gibson who actually made one of the all-time box office sales spectaculars, and it was called what? The Passion Wow. Just think about that. A blockbuster movie made about the passion. See, I, I see people out on the streets doing things in the dead of winter because they're passionate about their cause. I see people doing things every day because they're passionate about what they do. They're passionate. They have a sense of duty, a sense of commitment. They're willing to give for the effort. And finally, number five, there's, there's got to be a payout. There's got to be, there's got to be some potential. You don't do these things just for doing them. He didn't die on the cross just to be able to become a spectacle and say, here, in case you haven't noticed me, I'm even willing to go this far so that people see who I am. That is not why he went there. And that's not why you and I are here today, because you and I are here as participants, and you and I have this passion that we follow, because we know that if you do give, giving adds up. One plus three equals four. My mom, her name, they call her Babe. She's 89, they call her Babe Schmidt. For all of her life, she was known as Babe. And you know, to me... I'm her oldest son and the best looking and, and uh, knowing that none of my other siblings are here, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, uh, my mom, 89, and she's in the Manor Care Nursing Home in Davenport, Iowa. She used to, used to live on our little farm and she said she was going to die there and uh, uh, last fall she nearly did. She nearly did. I mean, she got so sick. I mean, so sick, she got delirious, it was, she had an infection, it was terrible, and, 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 and my sister, 
got her to the hospital and she was hospitalized and she came over on, and, 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 and wow, they were able to sustain her and, and then they put her into this nursing home to rehabilitate her and, and three years ago after my, or about four years ago after my dad died, we, we, we talked to her about the nursing home and, and she said at that time, that's where crabby old people go. <laughs> she refused to go to the nursing home. But this time, she was there to rehab, and we never pushed it on her. We, we said, no, we're, you, we thought, you know, when she wants to come home. And, and she said to me, she said, you know, I kind of like it here. Nice place. And she said, three meals a day. It's, it's. And so she's been there since late fall. Well, my sisters and my brother, they, they go out and, and see her because they live nearby, and Don and I rotate, and we go out to see her mom and my mom, and so uh, several weeks ago, I was on my way out to, to the nursing home to see my mom, and I received a phone call, and they said, now, we know you're coming. We want you to, we want you to, we want you to be warned about something. You know, you and Donna bought your mom a real beautiful outfit for Christmas. It was really nice. We, we, don't, we don't want you to get upset, but we just want you to know that she gave it away the other day. <laughs> now, being the pastor that I am, being by the bedside of, I don't know, maybe 70 plus people. I was there probably at the bedside of at least 70 people who have passed being at their bedside. I immediately begin to think, ah, oh, my mom is beginning to... Think about the other side. So I questioned the lady and I said, well, how, I said, do you see the telltale signs? She's giving these things away because is, is, she, is she beginning to shut down emotionally? Is she wanting to kind of give these things out because she knows her time is short? No, no, actually, she's happier than ever. She's really kind of chipper. Okay. Well, why? Well, we asked her why she gave that beautiful outfit away, and she said, well, that lady, nobody comes to see that lady. Nobody comes, and she needs to have a good day. So I thought I'd give it to her so she'd have a good day. Well, this Wednesday, I went out to see my mom. And as I'm sitting there, a gal comes up in a wheelchair. She said, see this? Your mom gave it to me. Mary, who's sitting across the table, I said, Mary, I haven't seen you here before. I've only been here a few months. She says, you like this? Your mom gave it to me. She said, you see that lady across the table? She was slumped down like this. She's crabby. Your mom is happy. I feel better. Before it was over with, seven people had come by. It was a fashion show. I mean, it was the, it, I mean, it was the runway. Seven people in wheelchairs coming by, and they all said, look what your mom gave me. Well, when I did get my mom back into her room, I thought, I'm going to see if there's anything she's got left in her closet. <laughs> you know what? I learned something. Because they said, your mom is probably one of the happiest people on this floor. Everybody loves your mom. Here's what you learn. When you are able to live outside of yourself, you can live better within yourself. When you're able to live outside of yourself 
and give yourself away, you're able to live better within yourself. Wow. When you're able to give your life away, you're not only helping those that receive your gift, but you yourself, Jesus said, in being lifted up, I draw people unto me so that then I can give my life away. He said, my life is there given as a ransom. And so Jesus, notice in verse 37 of John chapter 18, he says, uh, the king says, oh, you're a king? He said, yes, for this cause I've been born and for this cause I have come into the world that I might bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now go back to verse number 12. Notice this. Jesus was arrested. The Roman cohort, the Roman cohort, meaning, noting this, a cohort was approximately 100 soldiers. 100 soldiers to arrest one man? A little overkill, huh? Maybe a little intimidation on the part of who this guy was. They had heard some reports about this guy was able to do. Turn water into wine. We're going to hear about that. Causing the blind eyes to see. Maybe the guy could fly away. We better make sure we got a hundred there to grab him. A hundred to one. Jesus was arrested and brought to Pilate. Now listen, here's something about a cause. You need to know this. This is a basic premise about all causes. You see... It wasn't the Romans who had arrested Jesus. It was the cause that arrested Jesus. Because you see, when you are living for a mission, and when you're living for a cause, the mission captures you. The mission catches you. The mission binds you. The commission arrests you. Whenever you know that your life is there to be given away to somebody else, and when you're living beyond yourself, and you're living for a cause, and you're giving for a cause, and you're serving that cause, that cause arrests your life, your time, your talents, your treasures. Everything about you is captured by the cause. Hallelujah. And it's time, friends, it's time, it's time that we just don't say that we're a believer because if you are, then he says, you take up your cross daily and follow me. Amen, Pastor Harry, amen. Because please don't misunderstand me. Anybody can buy a cross and hang around your neck. It's another thing when one is placed on your shoulder. Now, please don't take off the cross because even in our society, crosses are an identification that you have a sensitivity to the name of Jesus Christ. But what I'm suggesting to you is, is that the reason, why do so many people get involved with so many things? Why is it that, that every Friday people come here early in the morning to receive food that is given here by other stores and so forth, and every Friday dozens and dozens and dozens of people line up to get food here at Christian Life? Why? It's because people understand that when you give outside of yourself, you live better within yourself. And that giving pays off. 
Why is it that we have a, a, a clothing drive? Why is it that twice a year, at least every quarter perhaps, people can come in here and get clothing for their children? Is it because we just love doing all of that and, and having days upon days? No, it's these. And does everybody do it? No, it's those who identify with that cause. But let them have that cause and let them get into it. Because by living it out, they're living Christ within their life and they're giving Christ out. So that's why I believe just weeks ago you were, giving, you were giving monies to help children at Easter time for those who are incarcerated. Why do we do that? Because it captures your life and it's part of who you are. Well, let me just make a couple comments before we go into that last story of that last 10-year-old. But if you notice at verse 37... I won't take the time perhaps to share all of these, but just in my own musings in the Word, I found 10 different items out of verse 37 of chapter 18 that were significant to me about this whole concept of giving to a cause and the cause being the cross and you and I living and giving beyond ourselves. But one of, one of the few of the 10 things that I'll point out is this, that when you live for a cause, it always creates a sense of curiosity. People want to know, why are you involved with that? You see, because Jesus, because Jesus was who he was, and Jesus was on the earth for why he was here, and because Jesus was giving himself away. He knew he only had limited days left. He knew his destiny. He knew where he was headed. He knew by doing what he was doing, he knew that, that he was going to experience physical death. He knew that already. He knew it. And Pilate, amazed at his level of commitment, began to ask questions of Jesus. He says to Jesus, oh, so you're a king? He wanted to know more. It's reported that Pilate, although he was not religious, in fact, he would probably have killed you if you called him religious. It was, it was noted in historians that he was very superstitious. A superstitious person is one who isn't ready to commit this way, but wants to keep his options open just in case this way. And so there's a lot of people in America today who are still out there, oh, they're not religious, and no, they're not born again, but they are certainly wanting to find individuals like you who have a passion for your cause, and that cause being Jesus, and, is, and are able to answer a, a, a reasonable sense of hope when asked questions. And so curiosity came. Why, why are you involved in this? And then, and then, of course, the second element is uh, this element of authority. By what authority? He says, so you're a king? You're always going to have people asking, by what who gives you the authority to do what you do? Why are you doing this? What's, what's the power behind you? Why do you do it? Why are you out there? Why? Why? Listen, Whenever you receive the call of God, you're always secondly given the commission of God. And when you're commissioned by God, thirdly, you're given the capabilities that only God can give you. He grants you the authority to do what you do. That's why in the, in the workplace, some of you say, well, I'm not, I'm not a pastor. No, but you are a minister of the gospel. And you're involved in marketplace ministry. 
you're out there serving God in the secular environment where many times I would be shut out or Pastor Darrow would be shut out, but you're not. You are allowed in. And you're there because you've been called by God, commissioned by God, and you're given divine capabilities to be there. Amen. You don't have to back up. You don't have to sit down. You don't have to shut up for anybody. Just listen to that still, small voice of God authorize you at the right moment to say, say it now, say it now. And amazingly, you're going to say, I didn't even know afterwards. I didn't know I had that in me. Absolutely, he, the Holy Spirit, is with you always. Amen? He, the Holy Spirit, is going to give you words to know. Well, another component about this passage that I see is the, is the component of humanity. Jesus said, for this cause, I was born. For this cause I was born. And you see a sense of his deity. He said, for this cause I came to the earth. In other words, here's the, here's the premise I, I want you to understand. Jesus was willing to leave where he was and go where he went because he was willing to get outside of himself and outside of his environment and he was able and willing to enter into the humanness of somebody else's pain. Listen, when you want it, when you, when you, if you really care for people and you ask people very glibly and very easily, hey, how are you doing today? Be willing to ask your staff that a second time. No. How are you really doing today? And if you're really willing to ask that question a second time, the moment they see at that moment that you're willing to ask that question, no, really, how are you? At that moment, they're going to trust you to open themselves up because they know that you are willing to enter out of yourself and into their world. They're emptying you. You are emptying yourself out of the safety zone of your life, and you're willing to move into the vulnerable zone of what they're experiencing. So if you're willing to ask the question once, how are you doing today? And you hear the nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, ask it again. Ask it again. And you think, oh, I know, but if I ask it again, that means I'm moving into their world. He did. He moved into mine. He moved into yours. He was willing to move from where he was into where we are. He reached into depravity, and he gave in depravity, he gave you and I an opportunity of personal identity. I am who I am now because of what he gave for me. I am what I am now because of, of who he became to me. Well, Jesus says uh, in the Gospel of, of Luke, the concluding scripture for today, Jesus, again, red letter words, he says this. He said to them all, would you say that word with me? A-L-L, say it. All. He said to them, what? He said to them, say it. All. In other words, what I'm about to read to you, he means to, for everybody in this section, and this section, and this section, and everyone repeated over here. Everyone, he means these words for every one of us. No one's exempt. No one. Jesus said this to them all. If anyone wants to come with me, how many want to go to heaven today? How many want to be where he is? Yeah! 
Fluffy clouds. I believe I'm going to actually get to eat manna for the first time because I believe manna was actually popcorn. I've always believed it all my life. And to think that I can eat, I can eat better than movie theater popcorn, I can eat extreme butter popcorn. Yes! I look like a colonel. <laughs> He said, if you want to come to me, come with me. We want to come with him. 9.23, he must now then therefore deny himself. Set your agendas aside. Set your activities aside. Set your delights aside. Set whatever you think is important to you. Set that aside. And then he says this, take up your cross daily and follow me. You see, write this down in your thought and your heart. Every person is a plan of God. Every person is a plan of God. Nicholas, you are a plan of God. You are a plan of God. You are a plan of God. You, Mr. Motorcycle Man. <laughs> The rah, the growl factor here. He, you're a plan of God. You're a plan of God. Every one of us is a uniquely specified, tailored plan of God. And in a matter of a week and a half, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young people who today have a unique plan of God ready for them if they can be brought to the cross and find who that is. You see, every one of us has our own cross that we have. We have to position ourselves far enough behind the Lord so that we can actually see him leading us with our cross. I have to ask myself this question. I'll probably ask it to you again. Am I carrying the cross that he wants me to carry? If I were to mention Japan to all of us, and I were to mention the city of Nagasaki to all of us, anybody who has either been alive long enough or has studied American history knows that in 1945, the city of Nagasaki, Japan, was absolutely devastated in a catastrophic release of an atomic bomb that was dropped by the United States to try to accelerate the close of a terrible war. Nagasaki was wiped out catastrophically in 1945. But it's not the only time in history that Nagasaki is noted for a catastrophic moment. A missionary by the name of Francis Xavier felt led of God to pick up the cross and the cause of the cross and as a young man, Francis Xavier, went to Japan as a missionary, wanting to minister the name of Jesus and the cause of the cross. 
When he got there, he was somewhat surprised because among the people he began to minister to, he began to notice that they were descendants of Chinese people that were there and Korean people that were there who somehow prior to coming into Japan and migrating there, they had had some kind of an introduction to the name of Jesus Christ before they migrated to Japan. Wow. And so Francis Xavier began to minister first to these people who were the immigrants from China and from Korea, and he began talking to them again about Jesus Christ. And, and just the preaching of Jesus and the, and the movement of Jesus upon their life brought about a fresh touch upon the historic backgrounds of these people, and many people began to once again see themselves renewed and began following Christ. And because of that, a great revival broke out across the country of Japan multitudes were coming to Jesus Christ hallelujah wow because you say giving adds up and when you give beyond yourself you begin living within yourself and these people began living fresh again and they gave outside of themselves and they began to witness the name of Jesus Christ and multitudes received Christ but in that in, that, in the year of 1597 during, this, during the height of this great revival. In 1597, while was, Xavier was there, 1597, the, the Japanese government began to realize how, how dangerous and how powerful this movement of Jesus Christ was coming across the island. And so they began to unleash an era of persecution that would last 250 years. A missiologist suggests that in the course of those 250 years, possibly up to a million people gave their lives and were killed and persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. Nearly a million people in 250 years. But that repression began on February 5th, 1597, when on the, one of the hills of the city of Nagasaki, 26 very crude crosses were placed. And the persecution of Japan began on February 5th, 1597. 26 cruel, cruel crosses that were placed there. The oldest man that was placed upon one of these crosses was 64 years old. The youngest that was placed upon a cross that day was 10 years old. That youthful young guy by the name of Abargi Kun, he was being pleaded with by one of the Japanese officials. And that official, when he saw how young that young man was, 10 years old, he pleaded with him, please recant, 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 recant to save your life. And this 10-year-old boy is reported to say, sir, it would be better if you gave your life to Jesus Christ so that today you could go with me to heaven where I am going. Hallelujah! The next thing that little boy is purported to ask is this, Sir, which one is my cross? And the official walked him up to the shortest cross on the hill and their 10-year-old in Coon dropped to his knees and prayed before being placed upon the cross. 
You know, being put on a cross is never convenient. Knowing that daily he invites us to pick up a cross means this. Every day we have a new assignment. Every day a new different type of cross might be given to us. Every day a specialized cross for that day may be given to us. So if we have a daily assignment to bear a cross, then it demands that you and I have a daily reassessment. Am I willing today to bear on my life the cross he might want me to bear? Because the cross I wore yesterday may be different than the one today. But if I'm wanting to go where he's going, if I want to become what he is, then I've got to understand that I've got to take up my own cross daily. Let's go back to the math, if we would. Back up to the right-hand corner. We're about to pray. But let me just tell you that giving adds up. One plus three equals what? Four. Now next to the, letter, the, the number one, write this word in parentheses. One cross. One cross. Plus three nails. One nail for the right hand, one for the left, and one larger spike that they used to drive through both ankles that were cobbled up on top of one another. One cross plus three nails equals being forgiven. As Leanne or somebody comes to the keyboard, Pastor Darrell is going to be coming in a moment, and I want to thank you in advance for being a part of my little infomercial today. You say, wow, this was a, a, a kind of a, a back way to hype us up about ascension. I can honestly tell you, it's not about hyping you up. It's about letting you know that we have a great opportunity. No other place in this area has what we have. 29 years, this is our 29th year, at the O'Hare Hyatt. We invite you to come and be a part of that. Just drive down River Road. Just go River Road to Rosemont. River Road. Don't turn to the right at the casino. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> stop there. Don't place your chips on that table. Place your life before that table. And there at the Hyatt, where they've had IBM, they've had Hewitt Packard, they have medical doctor arrangements, they have, they have uh, pediatric conferences, they have business conferences, they have political conferences, they've got every kind of a thing you can imagine. Do you know in the history of that particular Hyatt, this Ascension Convention hosted by this church in combination with this college because we are married together and the college is an auxiliary of this church. Our college is not a standalone entity. We're a part and parcel of you. You pray for our students. You are every day helping to pray for young men and women going out and preparing for the ministry. Every day you're a part of that. Every day, whether you know it or not, we've got young men and women preparing to go out and give their life for the cross. You're a part of that. And every, day, every year we've been a part of that Ascension Convention. And you know what? In the history of that hotel, no matter what other type of business has been there, this is, a, this is a recorded fact. We hold the longest continuous contract of any piece of business they have in the history of that hotel. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, wow. 
it's not about kids. It's about destiny. It's not about youth. It's about people receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's about somebody else's tomorrow. Hallelujah. Would you reach out and take the hand of a friend that you've just encountered? Maybe you brought that friend with you because maybe that friend is a significant other, a spouse. Maybe that friend is truly a friend. Maybe that friend is somebody you've just become a friend to because you're in the community called faith. I want you to embrace faith this morning. I want you to embrace the cross. I want you to be able to, for just a moment, I want you, whether you know that person or not real well, I want you to begin praying and saying, Lord, help my friend pick up his cross. Help my friend pick up her cross. And as you're praying for the person to your right and the left, that they would understand that by living out they are getting back and that giving adds up Lord help them to understand that whatever they give away is going to come back to them whatever they give away is going to come back to them because it is more blessed to give than to receive oh that doesn't mean you can't have that doesn't mean God doesn't want you to be prosperous that doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have things it means that you don't get things and accumulate things just to have them you accumulate things to give things to give away to give away to give away because the more you give the more you receive hallelujah so, Father, we pray for our friend on the right, right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, pray. Ask God and His Holy Spirit to prompt that one right now. Ask God to prompt and say, oh, Holy Spirit, give them strength. Holy Spirit, empower them. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, yes, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, enable them in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, to the one on my left now, oh, God, I pray that you would in, in, in capture them and, and, and embrace them and lift them up and, and hold on to them and give them boldness, boldness, boldness to speak the word of life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help each of us pick up our cross daily because it's in living that we're receiving and giving adds up in the name of Jesus.